0: Daniels, he's going to keep, he's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Woo! Left hand layup, good. Kansas is the 2023
1: WNIT champions.
2: This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System.
1: Welcome back, Jayhawk Nation, to another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Black and & Veatch, and the downtown president, Hilton. Hotel. I am Greg Gurley along with Wayne Simeon, recapping all things KU. Looking forward to homecoming this weekend here. Later on in the show, we're going to have Dan Martin join us, who is the head of the Kansas El Presidente, El Presidente KU Endowment. Just took over from Dale Cyferling, who was there for 40 years, but Dan's great. And he's going to talk about a very aggressive and uh, ambitious, ambitious, and generous goal of over $2.5 billion, with a B, dollars for our beloved university. But that'll be great. I love the,
2: the name of the campaign, Ever Onward. Of course, use of words from alma mater. Yeah. So it's great. I like it.
1: Very cool. They announced that last Thursday, October 19th, at the King Alumni Association at the Welcome Center. So it was a big announcement. We knew it was coming. We're already five years in the making of this with another five to go to get to that ultimate goal is how these really big campaigns work. Uh, It's a 10-year effort. But uh, with your help and my help and host of others. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. Uh, Obviously, a bye week last week. What would you
2: do with your bye week? You know, usually we're bopping around. I uh, lines, sweets, working, hill, doing all that. What'd you do with your bi-week?
1: It was nice. Uh, every year, Amy and I like to get away for three or four days, Chicago or New York. This year, we went to New York, stayed in Chelsea, and slept in, ate, day drink, eat again, sleep some more, shop. It was awesome. Nice. I, as I told you before, the show. I was like, I enjoy New York we have our spots that we like to go.
2: Don't think I could live there. I don't know. Could you? Right on. Nope. Nope. Don't even really like to visit. But uh, um yeah. 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 It's Western it's guy.
1: it's just uh, uh I like a garage and I like getting out of my car and walking into my I like, it's like I don't know, convenience, I guess. I know, I don't know. There's, there's no real like everywhere you go, you don't see really see like a grocery store. It's always just I don't know, I'd, I'd go broke and be really fat because it's just <laughs> Great t- restaurants, great though. restaurants yeah. uh, that are not cheap. You know, I'll have another twenty eight dollar Manhattan at four o'clock. <laughs> Is this the same stuff that's in it in Leewood and Lawrence? Yep, yep. But it's twenty eight dollars here, and you are like, okay. So, anyway, that's the cheap Well, you and
2: I enjoyed some downtime on the bye week. We had Andy Kulineki, our OC, on oh. last week. Clearly, those guys were working, getting after it, preparing How for I, I the top see. five opponent. If you didn't listen to that, man, you gotta, I encourage you, circle back and listen to our OC. Great guy, great insight. He'll be even more fun and exciting to cheer for. You get a chance to hear his story and to, and to see his personality a little bit.
1: I don't know about you, but I got a ton of response from my friends and family that watched it, and they go, man,
2: that guy, I really
1: enjoyed that guy. He was personable and interesting and insightful, and he, he he was honest. And I thought something I took away from it that, remember when I asked him, this is dumb me, I thought that he had the mic to Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. That's why they hold up the cards What happened like two or three days after that (laughs) massive scandal, Uh, stealing signs. And what we talked about with coach K maybe wouldn't solve that a hundred percent, but would solve a lot of it. Like you're not going to be able to pipe into someone's headset and he'll say, Hey, run one of those long play calls that he had. But it was kind of interesting that that came out like two or three days after. And then today I was watching something and they were talking about the, the, the host said it was the McAfee deal. He goes, why, why don't they just do it? It's not like it's an expensive deal. It could mean, be a chain reaction. Who knows? Technology-wise, it wouldn't be difficult. Uh, and, and, and it was, I mean, everything about it, it would just be easier instead of having nine guys holding up surfboards and dollar signs or whatever they were holding up. And so uh, I bet you Michigan wishes they had that technology and didn't. Uh, but who knows when it was all said and done. I, I, I know Dion came out and said, we can give you – the entire playbook, but you still got to beat us. You still got to tackle. So he's right in a way, but, but uh, I, I can definitely see where opponents of the Wolverines are, are probably pretty upset.
2: Yeah, interesting the timing behind all that and the conversation uh, that we had with Coach K. And looking forward to seeing the type of, uh, of adjustments that he's making uh, for, for homecoming, which is teed up to be an incredible crowd, a weekend, Long of events, we got the Rock Chalk Block Party starting on Friday. All right, listen to that. Homecoming doesn't start on Saturday. Plenty of activity on Friday night, starting down at 11th and and Mass. Uh, Michael Ray is going to be performing. One of your favorites? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely one. Of, he, he does have a song called "Whiskey and Rain." I do know that. Whiskey um, and Rain. Yes, Whiskey and Rain. And so that that could be that. We got Pep Riley, uh, and then uh, we got big big noon kickoff showing up. Right? Come right. on, that's a big deal.
1: Yes. Urban Meyer, Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, that whole crew will be here. And the schedule of events came out today. We need the students to get out there and support just like they did when college game day was here last year for the TCU game, the Hill, such a great setting. And, uh, we need to support, we need to, you know, Dan Martin, I'm sure he'll talk about this, about how that's like a commercial, a free commercial for the university of Kansas to have, you're, you're on national worldwide TV that Lawrence, Kansas is the place to be. So we need to show up and show out and, and, and show what uh, Jayhawk nation is all about. And then on the field, we need to show up. And And it's not that we didn't in Stillwater. It was three really good quarters with the exception of the first few minutes of the first quarter. Then that fourth quarter, you just loved to rewind and forget about with turnovers and, and Oklahoma state put it all together. Cause that was a game that, you know, seasons are are turned on like one game, one or two, or one or two plays. One or two yeah. plays. I mean, you, lost
2: you, to OU off one play uh, last right? year. The the for forward two
1: fumble yeah. handoff thing by Caleb Williams, who uh, uh, was a, it was an unbelievably intelligent play. He had nothing. He had no options other, than, and no one would even thought to do what he did except him, and turned out to to be the right thing. So luckily, he's gone. He's He's getting upset at midnight when we watch those Pac-12 games, and so we're glad that he's uh, not at OU anymore. Snooze
2: Fest. I'm not awake for those, but, yeah, that will be. Me,
1: you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how you and Greg Ostertag shared moments about hunting. You and I kind of shared a moment, and it involved bourbon. The other night, you kind of show me a, your setting with the fire pit, and I was jealous. I was in New York, but I'm like, that
2: looks kind of nice. So it was a bye week, you know. It was we a bye week. Home and yeah. a little fire and family and in-laws were in town. You and Greg on the court, have State your hunting. And, yeah. Me and you have our whiskey. <laughs> oh, that was good. And well, had, Hey, I took, got a chance to take my boys to their first Chiefs game ever this weekend. Ooh. My three boys, Simon, Holmes My Shepherd, homes went and off. My homes went off and... Great time tailgating with some former high school buddies and Mike Maddox and Cross First Bank. They what hosted is your, us up in there. What their did suite. your boys think? So, before we even got into the stadium, my nine-year-old Emmaus said, "Dad, this is the best football game I've ever been to." I'm like, "Son, the game we haven't we're not even in the stadium yet. It hasn't even kicked off. You haven't seen Mahomes. Daddy hasn't got to cheer on his favorite player, Isaiah Pacheco. We haven't seen any of that yet, and it's your favorite already." And so, uh well, it's no, so it was cool. A, it a I mean, great setting.
1: I had so many memories of, of Chiefs games with
2: my dad back in the
1: in the '70s, and the '80s, and the '90s tailgating. So it's so cool that you're able to do that with your boys. Well,
2: I feel bad because I, I I got zeroed a little chance of replicating that because you know it was in a suite, all you can eat, great field position, perfect yeah. day, perfect kickoff, and so. I'm thinking, like, guys, this isn't, this isn't real what you're experiencing. We should have started up in the cheap seats. I, but it can get a little rough up there with for, for the little kids sometimes.
1: You're exactly right. I did that once. Royal's opening day, a good buddy of mine gave me two of his crown seats. I took Jane, my youngest. It was her birthday. It was April 10th. And if you have sat in the crown seats, you talk about getting spoiled. Like, same deal. All you can eat, they bring ice cream and Skittles and everything. And – we leave there, and I don't even remember if we won or not. It didn't matter to her. She didn't even watch the game. She just had sugar for four hours and thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, don't get used to this because this is kind of a one-off. Yeah,
2: not real, not real. Hey, and we just gave shout-outs to, to our kids and their experiences, but we got to give a shout-out to our producer, Ben Messner. Ella yes. Messner, we, we, we highlighted her a little bit. And the when story Chandler, is even when Chandler, better. When Chandler Gibbons was on, uh, giving her some advice, you know, two-time Big 12 runner of the week. He's crushing it right now on the cross country team for KU and and uh, Ella, his daughter had her had her state championship cross country meet and started out with her shoe coming off at the starting block. And so I I don't know what I would have done. I might have just tapped out, but not only did she continue You're kind in of the soft. race, You're kind of soft. Oh. but she won the race, a cross country race. It was over two miles with one shoe, like unbelievable.
1: He showed video of it, and she just—you could tell she was favoring a little bit—but she won by a pretty big margin
2: with a sock. Man, it's, and, it's, and he
1: said she's got a blister or two, but
2: she's she's tougher. It's worth it. It's worth <laughs> the first place medal.
1: <laughs> I think I would have turned around and and gone to get my shoe and got ninth.
2: Well, you mentioned it. Good thing she's got a mom that's tough and athletic. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, she wouldn't she wouldn't have made it there with, uh, with. But but congratulations, Ella, for the big time state championship win, and hopefully she'll keep progressing through high school yeah. and maybe just maybe we'll see her in the crimson and blue.
1: That's right. That's right. We you, know, you mentioned Chandler Gibbons. We 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 got him across the state line, which was a, was a
2: tough one. Yeah, but from from enemy territory, Columbia, Missouri.
1: Uh, uh, Kansas volleyball. Fort Worth, Texas last week, sweep.
2: They're rolling. Rolling. They're rolling. Brought, brought the broom to OU, brought the broom to, to TCU. And so Ray Bouchard is still – he and that team. Keep moving keep up the Keep moving ranks. up the rankings. They've still got a lot of work left to do as their schedule is shaping up to be a little bit tougher in the back half. But they've got some great momentum not only to keep climbing in the Big 12 but, again, to potentially host – an NCAA tournament. The last two years, my daughters and I have actually gone uh, on the road uh, to be able to to watch them play uh, at Creighton, at Nebraska. How cool would it be to host NCAA tournament in in Horse Arena?
1: Well, it's kind of why we built it. You mm-hmm. know, it was one thing that you know with the Kansas volleyball has always been really good, but they've just been getting better and better. And build the new arena because we couldn't host. The way it was set up when that was built in 1997, it was kind of a multi purpose uh, deal with kind of a practice facility for basketball. Before our newest practice facility was built, all we had back in the day was Allen Fieldhouse, and that was men and the women, and volleyball all kind of shared one court that also isn't air conditioned either. So, uh, having the, the old horse be replaced by the new horse and then the ability to to host uh, an NCA tournament uh, match will be huge for Ray and just the, the the comfort of being at home you know instead of having to get on a bird and go to wherever it's it's a it's a really nice uh, uh, it's a big time venue to have um there attached to Allen Fieldhouse um basketball media day last week um it's just w- Last week when we did our pod, it was the day they announced that Kansas was the preseason number one. wasn't a real big shock to us because it's kind of old hat. We've been that before. We get it. I think a lot of programs would probably hang a banner and have a parade if they were preseason number one. We're kind of like, all right, well, let's hopefully we can live up to it. You know, it's an honor, whatever. Not that
2: big a deal. It's better than being unranked, I guess. But yeah, and I, you know, I don't even know if they have this, but it a consensus, unanimous preseason number one, it, it's interesting. Sometimes it's been argued, hey, who's number one? Is it KU, Duke, Kentucky? And there's kind of some it, – it seems like this go-around, like it, there's a consensus of, hey, K- Kansas is the best team on paper in the, in the country, despite a loaded schedule. Um, but, you know, Andy Katz and Dennis Dodd and the like, all the pundits, all those folks are saying, hey, legitimately top to bottom – uh, Kansas is the preseason number one team, and 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 even as, as excited as we are about Hunter, it doesn't start with him. It starts with the man at the top. When you got Bill Self, who, who's one of one, second to none, uh, in the front of that bench, uh, and, you and, know he's going to give you a shot. And he's kind of itching
1: right now because he hasn't really coached a game since Austin, Austin Texas. If you think about it, it was a long time ago. A long time yeah. ago. That was was that in February or at least yeah. early March, and so with an outcome, he, no one was happy. No, no. So uh, we. Uh, but something came out of big 12 media day that I took and it's a pet peeve of mine. And I think a lot of people, and I'm sure it is with you too is Curtis Shaw, the head of officials came out and said, they're going to change the way the block charge is called. Supposedly we've heard this before. And Curtis said, he went back and looked at a hundred charges that were called block or excuse me, were called charges and he rewatched them. And he said, with the way they're going to look at it now 96 of those 100 would have been blocks, meaning teams with better athletes, teams that drive the ball more, like a Kansas or whatever, it's going to be an advantage to us. Bill's not a, a teacher of taking charges. Even though DeWan and Kevin and Mitch in the past, Mark and Garrett, kind of done that on their own, some coaches teach taking charges. Roy Williams was one where we That was an emphasis for us. Drill. We had time set
2: aside in practice.
1: Greg, go stand there and let rain (laughs) run over you, and you're like, "I don't want to do that. I trust that he will." But uh, no, Bill's not a a big uh, teaching of or or scheming to take charges, which I think is going to be a benefit because you know we've we've seen us lose games before where we we always want to get downhill. You hear us talk about all the time: get downhill, get downhill. When you get downhill, that means you're going towards the basket and you're penetrating to finish or to pitch or shoot a floater. And now they're going to enforce that if you're plant foot and you're about to leave the ground, that the defender has to be set at that point. I I see it so many times where guys just run underneath the guy that's already airborne, and it's it's the demonstrative call for these officials to make.
2: Well, I mean, it's such a fast bang-bang play. The new rule: you're going to watch their feet, you're going to watch the defender's feet and the offensive player's feet at the exact same time in order to be able to well, you know, but, to make. So, but that's the interesting the part. That's what you're to supposed it out? to do. Like, Yeah, it's 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 so tough to officiate. I'm not I'm not certain that it they kind of sounds
1: like you're defending
2: them. No, 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 I'm not defending it. I'm, I'm skeptical that they're going to be able to enforce it and officiate it nearly as, as, as the way that they're talking about, like with most rule changes, right? And the right. hard thing with the rule changes is you see a ton of it in early November, December, and then it yeah. kind of fades yeah. away right. Right. into irrelevance once you get into right. conference play and then the NCAA tournament.
1: And we'll get into that more during the, the year, but I always, you're exactly right. November and December, they call hand checks and freedom of movement and charge, block, all that stuff. And then you get into league play and they call less and less and less of it. And then you go to the tournament and the same guys that were officiating your games, the big 12 guys, aren't necessarily who you get in the NCAA tournament. So you have to, in one game, in 10 minutes, you got to decide how this game is going to be officiated because you might have a Pac-12 guy, a Big East guy, and an ACC guy. And there's no like cohesion at all it's kind of a weird way the way our sport does it because in football the same crews do games together so the line judge the back judge they all know what the other's going to do before they do it but basketball it's not the case so I didn't want this to become a rant and a soapbox of officiating but I did find that interesting at media day that Curtis Shaw said relooking at 100 charges 96 of them would have been called differently. And, and the one thing that is, is always confusing is it's not necessarily a rule change. It's an emphasis. So they're not changing the rule. They're just going to watch for it more and call it the way it should be called. Like they're, they're, they're not changing anything. It's not a rule change. It's an emphasis. But to your point, it'll be interesting to see if that emphasis starts on November 1st and goes all the way to April 1st, or do they start to go one way or another, and really only time will tell, and it's such a subjective thing, only the officials can tell.
2: Well, I've got an empathy for officials. My mom was an official for 20-odd years, and she was always on me. Don't you leave those poor people alone. They got a job to do, and it's a very difficult job, um, but thinking back to the, the the emphasis, I think it might serve us well because we are a drive-heavy right. team, right? Uh, and still even early and practice preseason have yet to really be able to shoot the basketball the way that we want to. And if you can't do that, get to the free throw line and, and get free points.
1: So talking about some of the accolades, uh, preseason number one, that goes along with your preseason number one. You probably got some guys that are pretty good, right? Probably got some dudes. Dewan Harris on the early Bob Cousy watch list, uh, the best point guard in America. Kevin McCuller on the Jerry West list. You and I know that Hunter Dickinson will be on a big man list. Do we ever find out what that list is called?
2: Didn't find out what that list is called. But let's is, call it the
1: Wayne Simeon uh, Big Man of the How about Year. How
2: am going call it the Will Chamberlain Top Center of the Year. Bob Cousy, point guard, Jerry West, small four. We'll, we'll go Will Chamberlain. How about that?
1: And why
2: should KJ should probably be on a list? Where, where, where would we Carl, call it? That's Carl Malone, I believe. Or wait, is it? Or Julius Serving? They got all these. Well, li- oh, I will say KJ's about, a
1: one of one.
2: I will say about this, though. You know, we're not sure where Hunter falls out in this preseason list in terms of position wise, but preseason the Big Twelve Player of the Year. Okay, that that really means something. We've had a plethora of Kansas basketball players. Who was our last preseason preseason Player of the Year? Wasn't Jay uh, will? Wasn't preseason last year? Okay, two two
1: years <laughs> ago. Yeah. Ochai? Oh, Ochai? Oh, no, again?
2: it was Remy. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. But then Ochi, Ochi ended up winning right? ended up yeah. winning it,
1: then Jalen. We could have back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and hopefully that happens. Yeah, know? no, it but, does.
2: But, but I really love and appreciate Coach Self's mentality towards this in that, you know, because initially you maybe want to put pressure on yourself and you maybe want to try to force the issue in terms of, you know, offensive production or whatever the case might be. You know, he said it to me years ago, and he's continued to say it to every single player that's dubbed – you know, preseason conference player of the year. You know you want to make it real easy for them to choose who the preseason conference player Make sure you're on the team that wins the whole thing. Correct. And so the pressure's really off Hunter in terms of having to produce points and rebounds. All he's got to do is make sure that the Jayhawks are the top of the food chain at the end of uh, the regular conference yet again. and uh, And he should be able to take that home.
1: It's kind of like... It's hard to name, like, who led the country in scoring because they're usually on a bad team, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. To your point, win the league, go to a Final Four, have a chance at a national championship if you want the accolades. And Bill is an amazing uh, – uh, has an amazing ability to prove to everybody that the pie is big enough for everyone to get a slice. right? And there's going to be sacrifice. You know, obviously you put a lot of these guys on other teams. They're the star. But, but – you got to have role players. I mean, the Fab Five didn't win a national championship. They they didn't have those role. They had role players, but they were really really close. So, but you can't do it with just. There's not going to be five superstars. You're going to have, you know, a, a big three or like that. But you got to have the other guys, and uh, that's where he uh, does such a great job. Now our margin for air is a little bit less than normal, just because of numbers. You know, we we we've got nine, or excuse me, 10 scholarship players, and he likes to play eight. Uh So what do we got to do? We got to avoid injury. We got to stay healthy, Yeah, uh, everything like that, which shouldn't be a problem, but you just never know. Uh The thing I really like about Hunter, you know, being the preseason uh, player of the year in the conference, he doesn't force things. At least I haven't seen that yet. We're, we're going to find out Sunday when we go to Illinois and a top 25 ranked Illinois team, which I think – is great for us. I mean, the, the, it's a it's a great cause. It's an awful thing that happened in Maui to to predicate this game. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna go and play it on Sunday again. You know, being able to to fight with someone else other than just banging.
2: You know, a real the, world game early too.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Not that we would care either way. But there's going fifteen thousand people there. We're gonna get a real view into what road games are like. We had that in Puerto Rico a little bit, but that was a little different, more relaxed type atmosphere. It's a real deal. We're, we're, we're going to take off on Saturday, have the night before, have the pregame meal, do all the stuff. And it's good for a team full of newcomers to kind of get into the groove because it's on us. I mean, we, we play Sunday, then we have another exhibition on November 1st, then it's real games on November 6th, and then we go to Chicago to play Kentucky. And uh, we're going to get tested early and often. We get back from Chicago uh, on an early Wednesday morning, and 48 hours later, fly to Hawaii to be in the hardest field in the history of the Maui Invitational, yeah. which will be played in Honolulu. But although they're still going to be there, the goals are still 10 feet, it's like Hoosiers. I mean, it's, it is what it is. And we might face Zach Eady. We might face, you know, who uh, you look at the, the field is nuts Tennessee, UCLA. Syracuse, Gonzaga, I mean, it's stacked. Yeah, Marquette.
2: You, you had mentioned Hunter not forcing the issue, which, you know, he's mature enough uh, to not do that on a regular basis. It will be interesting to see him against Big Ten opponents. Uh, Big Ten opponents who've been, you know, at him, giving him the business, you know, for his, his duration at Michigan. Matter of fact, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure Hunter's beaten Illinois um, I looked
1: it up. I don't think he did. And what's another thing's gonna be interesting is Bill's return to Champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, left there in 03. and you know when you when you meet Illinois people and you tell them you're from Kansas, they're like that damn Bill. <laughs> like, they say it in a nice way because they know how good he is and was, and they wish that
2: he would have stayed for 25 years or whatever. Yeah. I'll just uh, tell them they would have had no chance of keeping him anyways. Because if we didn't get him, some other blue blood was going to get him.
1: Hey, how do people usually like hearing that? Like, oh, you couldn't have kept him. He would have gone to a better <laughs> job saying that their job sucks and there's a lot of other better jobs. That's the last thing you want to say to an Illinois fan or whoever that they couldn't have kept him. But, uh, but to Hunter, I like that he doesn't force things. He's on any other team, he'd be our best passer, but that's obviously Dewan Harris. But having a big guy that that's just not a, a black hole where you just throw it in there and it's gonna go up. He's looking to find the open man. KJ's gonna have a field day this year, being able to just run the baseline with a big guy that's gonna draw attention. He can pitch, throw it up for an alley oop, and he's a freak athlete. Uh, he'll
2: the, he'll enjoy the, the the new emphasis on block charge. KJ is going to put his head down and barrel over some people jump from the over. elbow. Vince oh, I, like yeah. I want to
1: see him, Vince Carter, Zach Eady, or somebody like that. But uh, a lot of good coming up for Kansas men's and women's basketball. Volleyball uh, volleyball's rolling. Golf is winding down until the spring.
2: Women's soccer with the big win. In Sunflower the Sunflower showdown, two to
1: one. Yeah, over the Cats, they really needed it. So good to see. Our girls get that big win. I've got a new sponsor. We uh, talk about Black & Veatch. Take ownership of your career, your future, and your success. Learn more at bv.com slash careers. Black & Veatch, a huge engineering firm here in Kansas City, employs a ton of people, and check them out. We appreciate their support, along with the University of Kansas Health System and the Downtown President Hotel. It's a Hilton. It's a Philip Strenad property. Go down there and see our man, Philip, and... uh, He will buy you a uh, $28 Manhattan in the... (laughs) uh, That's
2: only in New York where you were at earlier. Okay, it's a
1: lot cheaper at the drum room, but uh, a lot of good going on. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be joined by Dan Martin, the new president of KU Endowment, running that shop over there with Nancy Jackson, her senior VP and chief development officer and They make quite a team along with Heath Peterson at Alumni Association, Doug Gerard. Travis Goff. It's kind of the uh, the dream team. is, is It's uh, it's like the, the, not the dream team, but like the Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and big Paul three. Pierce. Big three. Who's some other big threes? It's uh, uh,
2: who am I forgetting? Go with our big three.
1: Hunter. Yes. Dewan?
2: Yes. Kevin,
1: and you're leaving Boom. KJ
2: out. Oh, they We got the preseason guys, man. Pre three. I like having a big five. So. Let's call it a big five. Yeah. When we
1: come back, we'll be joined by Dan Martin of the KU Endowment. This is the Jacker Podcast, Rock Chalk.
0: I had this patient.
1: His cancer treatment had him in the hospital for a while. One day, he was telling me about his grandson and how a big night was coming up for him. So we arranged to make it a big night for my patient too. I sometimes wonder if I'm doing all I can. Then I help make a moment like this possible. And I know I am. Welcome back to the Jay Hawker podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System in the Downtown President Hotel. Wayne Simeon and I are excited to welcome our next guest, Dan Martin. On the job for just over a year, uh, the head of the KU Endowment. Welcome, Dan. You're the best dressed guy on this podcast <laughs> for sure.
0: It's my role.
2: Wayne, when was the last time you were knotted up like Dan? Uh, it's been a while. I want to say uh, during the summertime for for a couple of weddings, but, but Dan certainly rocks it a lot better uh, than I, a- as he should. Because, as he should. Dan, when I think about you, I think about one of the big three. You know, that's been kind of a, a a term that's been coined in the sports world. If you think of it in Kansas athletics, you can think about the Kansas basketball. It's big a super three team. It's DeJuan, Kevin, and Hunter. You're a part of the big three uh, that includes Chancellor Doug Girard, Travis Goff, and then yourself. How does it feel to be a part of that big three, our chancellor, our athletic director, and the president of the endowment?
0: Well, I, I know where I am in the pecking order of those uh, three for sure. But, you know, like like any uh, association, it's just great to be part of the team and uh, serve in a capacity and a role that can empower the future of KU.
1: I want to give you a little background on Dan Martin. uh came to Kansas from the St. Luke's Health System in Texas. Uh, now the president of KU Endowment, and once he got the job, he brought in a, another really, really valuable uh, person in in Nancy Jackson, the senior VP and chief development officer of KU Endowment. And you guys are, uh, got a big time goal. We all do. It's not you guys. It's Wayne. It's me. It's you. It's everybody. And it was announced uh, last Thursday, the 19th and called the Ever Onward campaign, a two and a half billion dollar fundraising campaign. So kind of talk a little bit about how something like that works, the timing of it, the amounts, and what all does that encompass?
0: Sure. You know, it's a, it's a comprehensive campaign. So it's across the university, not only here in Lawrence, but also as you think about the medical school in Kansas city and Solana and Wichita, It also encompasses our partners at the university of Kansas health system as well. So it's all components of the broader university of Kansas coming together really to do what our mission says is to build a greater KU. So as we think about the projects that we have, the priorities, the goals, and certainly there's two that are front and center. One is the gateway project that you mentioned. And then certainly the other is building a new KU cancer center in Kansas city. Those two projects are leading the way. And as we think about this work over the next five years, currently we're just under 1.5 billion of that two and a half billion dollar mark. So we have just a little over a billion left to raise in the next five years for these projects, as well as a host of projects across the university in various schools, disciplines, centers uh, across the university in setting and establishing priorities that will advance their particular units.
1: That's the sign of a great fundraiser. Did you catch one word in there? That was that's just a billion dollars left. He said (laughs) just a billion, like it was no big deal. He
0: goes, "All we have left is just." A hey, billion. hey, when you're part of the Jayhawk family and the faithful, uh, we've seen evidence of their support to date for sure. This is the fifth campaign in our history. It will be the largest, but I'm confident in our Jayhawk uh, partners, and the faithful coming together to support the university in these days.
1: And and you mentioned it, the big project that obviously Wayne and I are deeply involved in is the gateway project. Uh, uh, it's mid October right now by December, It's going to look completely different. It already looks different with the construction trailers and the grading of some of the parking lots just to get ready for all the heavy machinery. So we know how important this is to the entire campus. We know that Chancellor Gerard is pro-athletics. He understands how important this gateway project is to the greater good of the entire university.
0: Yeah, it's really a project that is really a a partner, not only with this community, with the broader region, but also with the state of Kansas. They've made a significant investment in this project for the economic economic development that it will enhance and uh, extend throughout this region. So they've participated in a significant way from the state level with 35 million from ARPA funds, 50 million then in a challenge that we then match three to one. So there's a significant investment beyond certainly supporting our Jayhawk football uh, program and pursuing the level of excellence that we seek from that program and providing the facilities that they need. But it's really gonna be a space that's activated uh, throughout the year and throughout the week beyond just football Saturdays or Fridays as they have been this year. So it's really an exciting project that really will benefit the entire university community and the broader region.
2: Well, an exciting project that is off to an exciting start is you guys are already uh, well to your way of that uh, multi-billion-dollar goal. And see, you've thrown some 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 phrases out—billions, millions—and you know when the when the casual Jayhawk fan or the average alumni hears those things, uh, maybe their mind automatically goes to, "Well, that is for a specific type of person who has those type of means to get involved," and I'm just going to sit back. Uh, right. for the ride and maybe watch or maybe sit this one out. How is it that all Jayhawks can get, a, get involved uh, no matter uh, what their current resources might look like?
0: That's a, that's a great question, Wayne. It, it really is. Uh, campaigns are an opportunity for all Jayhawks to voice their support. Take for instance, the last campaign concluded in 2016. That campaign generated just over $1.6 billion. of the gifts within that campaign were $500 or less. In terms of participation of the 132,000 individuals that participated in that campaign, over half of them were alumni and 28% of all alumni participated. So this is really an opportunity to support projects, certainly at a large scale, like what we've been talking about, but there's Uh, a variety of projects and priorities across the university where $500 will make a difference for that particular school, that unit, that program or that effort associated with the school or unit uh, or a particular direction uh, across the university. So there is an avenue for everyone to participate and we want to hear from our Jayhawk family in terms of voicing their support to maintain the momentum that we have at the university and really invest in the future of KU.
1: Well, the future of KU is so bright that we just announced our largest freshman class ever. So I'll go through some of the stats as it kind of relates to the Gateway Project to where how important it is to the university, but how important athletic success is to enrollment at the University of Kansas. We can point to the 2022 National Championship, and I've been at several dinners where Chancellor Gerard had spoke, and he said, hey, our admissions were up a ton, right? The month after the national championship football last year was was fun to be at uh, Memorial Stadium was was the place to be. Therefore, we go into this year with the largest freshman class ever. So, kind of talk about uh, the comparison of
0: athletic success and enrollment. Yeah, it's really marketing that that you can't pay for when you're when you're on the uh, uh, within within the, the the tournament in March for extended numbers of weeks. There was a significant bump after the championship in 2022. We also saw a significant bump when game day was here in the fifth game of the season last year. It was essentially a three hour commercial from the, for the University of Kansas. What was a fabulous presentation of all the great things that are happening at the university. So from those opportunities where we have to tell the KU story so that others who may not have considered us in the past Uh, see an opportunity here where they can find their future here. And that's really what the Gateway Project is about. As we think about that quadrant of the campus, inviting prospective Jayhawks to come onto campus. We have about 500,000 visitors a year. Many of them will connect with the new Jayhawk Welcome Center, where they are introduced into this Jayhawk experience and how this experience, this education, can prepare them for where they want to head in life. So these moments where we have the opportunity to experience all the joys of athletics and root on our teams provides an avenue and a window of accessibility for those who may not have considered the University of Kansas prior.
1: We got another commercial this week in the big noon kickoff, not college game day, but Fox is coming and the schedule, the timeline of events came out and people need to be encouraged to get to the Hill at 6 a.m. Get your spot. You all have at Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Urban Meyer, and and so uh, people want to be a part of one of the greatest settings in all of college football, which is the Hill, and that's why the Gateway Pro- people have asked, like, well, why don't you move it? Why don't you go here or there? Or go to West? No, you cannot move Memorial Stadium. It is in the perfect location.
0: Yeah, it, it's a, it has a great history there, and actually is tied to the founding of KU Endowment, our uh, initial um association was founded really to support ku football with mccook field prior to memorial stadium being built
2: i love that natural integration between endowment and athletics as, as many people probably don't consider or know uh, that we work hand in hand uh, every single day not just flying under uh, the same uh, university name or university logo but each and every day uh, the endowment association and athletics and the alumni association are all working together Uh, to better and to to strengthen KU. And, uh, you know, as you think about, Greg talked about the success helping with enrollment. I have to imagine that the athletic success that we've had has actually helped with giving as well, because it's like any business, um, you know, once you do experience a a measure of success, uh, the way to sustain that success or even to enhance that success is there's a continual need to reinvest uh, into that type of entity. And I'm sure that this is no different uh, here at the KU campus.
0: Yeah, no difference. Certainly last year, as we as we think about game day visiting last year, there was a, a palpable energy across campus and people were flying back from everywhere to come back to, a camp, to campus and experience that on the Hill. So it was a remarkable infusion of excitement and energy and people are investing in that. They're investing in that for the future to continue that momentum, to propel the university forward so that tomorrow, University of Kansas may be greater than it is today. So it is a window of time for people to come alongside the university to experience all the great things that are happening and to find an avenue where their passion aligns with the university so that they can invest in the future themselves.
1: Well, today our well-dressed guest is Dan Martin, the new head of KU Endowment, replacing Dale Seiferling, uh, who was 40 years at KU endowment, 20 of which he was, he ran and, and a great man who's enjoying retirement now and really put his stamp on so many buildings and so many programs and everything to do with any kind of fundraising at Kansas. Dale Cipherling had his, his
0: handprint on it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt a uh, huge uh, shoes to fill here at KU endowment under Dale's leadership. He was uh, very gracious during the transition has been a friend and a colleague since as we really manage and, and extend relationships across the university. And we're really a, a place of perpetuity and we serve at any particular points of time, but Dale continues his influence and impact at the university of Kansas. And certainly the endowment owes him uh, a great deal of gratitude and debt for his leadership for so many years. Well, the endowment
2: is certainly in good hands with you and your leadership, the team that, that you've assembled, the new uh, cohesion uh, that we're working uh, with together uh, here at Kansas Athletics and, and with the endowment. And, you know, it's, in, in thinking about, um, you know, furthering uh, people's engagement and involvement, it's really hard, hard pressed to think that. Someone couldn't find a, a niche or an area of influence that would might tug on their heartstrings. Maybe it's not athletics. Uh, maybe it's the cancer center. Maybe it is a particular degree field. But, but there's really something out there for everyone. And this is the perfect time of year. So we're coming up on year-end gifts. We're coming up on giving season, the holiday season, uh, to make sure that people are considering uh, KU for, uh, for their philanthropic giving before year-end.
0: No, that's that's a uh, that's a great uh, perspective, Wayne, and it's accurate. We have an opportunity for people to to really take a introspective look at themselves and their family for where they want to invest their philanthropic dollars, and whatever they're concerned about in this world. Ku is likely already working in that space, and there's there's aspects at the university that they can get behind or that they can support, whether it's the student experience, whether it's in research, as you said, whether it's with a health system, whether it's with patient care, whether it's with research with the cancer center, whether it's with athletics, for sure, there's opportunities that align with their particular areas of interest. And we'd love to engage in that conversation with individuals here at the endowment to provide them an opportunity to participate at at whatever level in which they are are willing to contribute to invest in this future. We're we're excited to partner with our Jayhawk faithful and, and family.
1: Well, we talked a lot about uh, the timing is so good right now. And and the Alumni Association, the new Welcome Center, is great timing. Within the last year, it opened. And and the more you go up there and the more you explore around the Welcome Center, such an interactive uh, opportunity for families from all over the world to come and kind of get a gauge of of Lawrence and the campus community. And so talk a little bit about – the welcome center right up the hill from football right there across from the union it's it's beautiful they integrated it so nicely with the old traditional kind of brick alumni center that we all grew up on mm-hmm. with more of a modern look of the new thing but they combined them like you don't even really see the, the the difference or the division so it's a it's a great building and a big time tool for us in athletics and obviously for you in endowment as well
0: yeah, no, it's, it's huge. It's, it's a partnership, as, as uh, Wayne identified, that we have partnerships across the university, certainly with athletics and with alumni as well. Those, uh, uh, that building was created through philanthropic dollars. So it's been a wonderful space where alumni is also partnering with the university on the admissions side. So every prospective student goes into that space. And as you said, Greg, it has some wonderful technological tools that enable a student and their family to understand the Jayhawk story, the history of the University of Kansas, so they can see what's come before them, where we are now, the momentum that we have, and to find their place and their future here at the University of Kansas. So it's been a tremendous partnership, not only providing event space for a number of things across the university, we held the kickoff there just last Thursday night. So it's a tremendous space that offers a lot for the university, but certainly, for that educational experience and for that prospective student and their family. It's been a tremendous tool to welcome people into what this Jayhawk experience has to offer them.
2: You know, one thing that goes overlooked oftentimes is when people think about the University of Kansas geographically. Obviously, number one, they think about Lawrence. Uh, number two, you probably think about Kansas City with the Med Center or Edwards Campus, our strong alumni base there. But we have some statewide influences. We have campuses in Salina, in Wichita. Why don't you talk a little bit about those campuses and uh, some needs that they have there and the growth uh, potential that is there in those areas outside of Lawrence and Kansas City.
0: Yeah, that's, those are they're, they're just a great extension of the University of Kansas. As we think about Solana and Wichita, it really revolves around our medical school and allied health and the medical disciplines. And so as we think about that, the, some of the needs that we have are certainly in some of the research space Child psychology in Wichita, I know, is a heavy emphasis right now. Certainly always an opportunity for scholarships uh, for those particular uh, extensions of the Jayhawk uh, family and educational experience. But we're in some exciting days in Wichita with our medical school, partnering with Wichita State, building a new biomedical facility, also partnering with Wichita Tech, really in partnership with the state of Kansas as they invest in that facility for that community, and for our program. So not only are we sensing uh, momentum here, but certainly in Kansas City, in Edwards' uh, campus, or in Overland Park, but then also in Wichita and Salina, as you note.
1: Well, before we let you go, this is an athletic uh, podcast, so I want to get your take on this weekend playing a top five opponent. Oklahoma Sooners come into town. Last time they were here, we had them. And and Caleb Williams, remember he made that unbelievable kind of forward handoff as he was being tackled. Forward, forward, yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I want you, I want, I want Dan Martin's pick this weekend about how Kansas is going to shock
0: the college football world. Well, hey, for us it won't be a shock, but I do uh, predict a victory from our our Jayhawk uh, football team. It's going to be a great game. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma struggled a little bit last week against uh, UCF, of which uh, we dominated a few weeks ago, so I'm confident heading in, especially after this week where we had a little bit of time to uh, get some rest, uh, heal a little bit uh, with some some bumps and bruises, yep. so I'm looking forward to a great match for sure.
2: Hey, that's a real insight right there. I like that. We he's, might not have to talk about football the rest of the segment. He's so well-rounded, yeah. isn't he? Comprehensive was the word that he used. We're, okay. we're having a comprehensive show i more well-rounded. Okay, he's, yeah, that, that's fair. That's very fair. comprehensive, but... <laughs>
1: Hey Dan, I appreciate your time and, and the insight. We'll get what what what's a, a a good website for people to go to that want to give back that's watching this podcast. KUeveronward.org www.kueveronward.org. So we'll get that up, uh, Ben'll get that in the uh in the uh, little foot there at the bottom and uh click on that and and you know, like you said, I, I remember hearing that back in 2016 that the most of the average of the gifts are under $1,000 to yeah. get to that one point or 2.6 billion. I mean, so everything matters. Uh, obviously we need the big ones, but, uh, we can kill them with, with quantity as well. Yeah.
0: Great. Thanks so much for All your right.
1: time. Appreciate your time, Dan rock chalk. We'll see you on Saturday okay. for the big noon kickoff there you go. or big 11 kickoff. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> rhyme as well when uh, you talk about central time, but it's the big noon kickoff, but thank you, Dan. So that All was right. Dan Martin. President of the KU Endowment. Uh, what a great guy and the energy that he brings, and and knowledge, and and again replacing a legend, Dale Sifling. You know we know that name, but a lot of people don't yeah. necessarily know the. And head what's, of, that,
2: what, what's that saying? You never want to be the guy that has to replace the guy. That's a that's a tough, tough, tough task. Yeah, remember, there.
1: we can go through. I mean, Bill Guthridge replaced Dean Smith. How would that work out? Or people, it, it's hard. Yeah, this guy. Dan Martin's going to work out and he's, he's being challenged. I mean, this uh, ever onward campaign, two and a half billion dollars. And I think we will, we will surpass that. Uh, Cause like he said, next five years, all we got is just a billion, just a billion. We can get there, get there. So this weekend, Oklahoma, 11 a.m. kick, get out there early, pack the booth. We say it every week. Uh, Oklahoma's vulnerable. Uh, we're mad. We're pissed off that the last time we played an Oklahoma team, we we truly felt like we should have won and, and you know, had had the lead, had the ball, then a turnover, and it just it just snowballed on us. But uh they've had two weeks to think about it, two weeks to prepare. Uh don't want to do a whole lot of scoreboard watching, but as you watched Oklahoma play last week at home against who? Central Florida. we pretty much blew the doors off Central Florida, ran it down their throat, 400 yards yeah, rushing. and Fast start. And you, fast start. You hate to compare uh, like opponents because there's always, you know, there's injuries, there's different situations you don't know. But if you look at it that way, we were at home, we played UCF, beat them by 30, Oklahoma one by two. That's a little thing. And I guarantee if Lance Leipold's watching this, which I know he isn't, he would be like, shut up, Greg. <laughs> I don't want my guys to even think about it. But as a fan – uh, I, I think I, I like this. I like the fact that Oklahoma's probably coming in here thinking, oh, it's the same old Kansas. It's not the same old Kansas. It's cool. well, I like
2: the fact that it's on homecoming. The atmosphere is going to be juiced, a ton of folks coming back. And, uh, you know, historically you kind of see across the league, schools like to pick maybe the cupcake on their homecoming schedule. Sadly, we've been that, you know, over, over the years, which is no longer the case now. And, and to uh, a degree we
1: kind of did that, or at least I did, after seeing Oklahoma State lose to South Alabama by 26 or whatever it was, I'm like, all right, that's one of our road games? Sweet.
2: Where'd that get Check me? Check that one. Where'd yeah. that <laughs> give me? So
1: you got to be careful to your point. But uh, great show today. Uh, Dan Martin was awesome. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get that on the Jayhawker podcast here on the
2: video version too. And then switch over to the Big Ten Network on Sunday. Yeah, just got... so
1: all Jayhawk Nation understands, this game, it's going to – Piss a lot of people off that they're not going to be able to get it unless they have the Big Ten network. That's where it will be televised. So find your favorite watering hole that has it. Uh, I know YouTube TV has it. Uh, I'm not sure what else, what other systems has it. But if you want to watch it, be resourceful.
2: Yeah. And but if you
1: want somebody to paint a glorious picture of the action that's going on, do it like they did in the old days. Sit in your family room, turn the radio on, mm. and listen Who are to... Who will they hear? Whose voice will they hear? Brian Haney and another
2: guy. The Greg Gurley. There you go, buddy.
1: J. Ecker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Black and & Veatch, and the downtown President Hilton Hotel, Phillips Trenade Stay and play packages, get down there, concerts, Big 12 Tournament, Wichita State, anything and everything downtown. You want to be close to the action, power and light. Go see my man Philip and have a drink at the drum room. He'll buy. Jay Alker Podcast Wayne Simeon, Greg Gurley, Rock Chop.